This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. A couple things real quick before we get going. I'm going to start tonight in, in the 119th Psalm, if you want to go there. Psalm 119. You know, I, I, I believe the Bible 100%. I mean, when, when the Word of God says that the only way you get to heaven is through the Lord Jesus, I believe that. You know, he said in uh, John 3, he told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. The way you get born again is you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's Romans 10, 9 and 10. In Mark 16, it says we're to preach the gospel to every creature. I believe we should do that. But in that passage, it says you're to lay hands on the sick and they recover. I believe God still heals. I believe that with all my heart. And so I, I, I just want to share this just briefly here, just to stir up faith that we believe in, in laying hands on you. We believe in anointing you with oil and praying over you. And just, uh, it was two, two or three weeks ago, Marilyn, wasn't it? Two, two or three weeks ago, after one of the Wednesday night service, we had said, if you have any sickness in your body, we want to lay hands on you. Raise your hand, Marilyn, so they don't know who you are. Marilyn... Uh, Works most Sundays, so Wednesday night is her Sabbath. She comes out and honors God. So she came down and said, Pastor, would you, would you lay hands on me? I said, we're so honored. And so we had a group of people right here that we laid hands on her. And I, I didn't know the significance of what was going on in her body, but she had some huge issues with your ankle and her foot. And so when she comes back a week later, I said, how is your ankle and your foot? And she said, Pastor, it's totally healed. And... She went, yeah, you can get the Lord praise for that. Actually, she shared with me that she was supposed to have surgery. <laughs> and she went in and was like, the doctor was like, there's no need us do anything on you, you're healed. And so I, I say that, one, to give God glory. But again, God's still a healer, I believe. I believe God wants to do that. And so, you know, just a little thought for you there. Well... We've been talking about faith, and that's where we're headed again tonight. But in, in this life, how, how do you become fully persuaded in areas of your life? When, when it comes to people, the way I become full, uh, fully persuaded in them is their, their honesty, their character. And you get around people and see their honesty, their character, their heart. You become fully persuaded that they'll do what they say they'll do. Every one of us have had people that have let us down before in life, but that doesn't mean all people will. Also, another way we become fully persuaded is when you begin to see facts, when you begin to see statistics and things where you can look and say, wow, that's a fact. I'm fully persuaded because I see those things. But how do I become fully persuaded that God will do what he says he'll do? The way I become fully persuaded it's according to this Bible, according to this word. Now, I say that to start here in Psalm 119. I'm going to begin in verse 89 and read through 91. Listen real close to this. Forever, O Lord, forever. Infinity. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It stands firm in heaven. How long? Forever. Your faithfulness endures or continues to all generations. You establish the earth and the earth abides. 
the earth stands. That's why the sun goes down at night and it comes back up in the morning. That's why the stars every night they twinkle. Because God is the one who told them what to do. Verse 91. They continue this day according to your ordinances. For all are your servants. Now, times and seasons we know they change. And and social customs, human opinions, even even, uh, philosophical viewpoints, they vary at times. But understand this. They, know, they have no effect on the constancy or the authority of the Word of God. Because he said the Word of God never changes. So my paraphrased edition of that is, you can go to the bank on the Word of God. You can hold on to that forever, alright? So in saying that, we've been talking about the foundations of faith. And I want you to, to be fully persuaded about the Word of God so... We begin tonight in Genesis 17. Genesis 17, and I'm going to read a couple passages in Genesis. Genesis 17, then we'll go to Genesis 22. And what I begin to do with this is I just kind of follow the Bible. And it goes from Genesis 17, then it'll jump to Genesis 22. Then it'll go back into the New Testament, into Hebrews 11. And I just keep crossing it and following it. And ultimately, it it ends up in Romans 4, where we were several weeks ago. So that gives you an idea where we're going to go tonight. We're just going to follow the Bible, all right? Uh, Genesis 17, begin with me in verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her. And also, I will give you a son by her, by Sarah. Then I will bless Sarah, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face. He bowed, and he laughed. The New Living says, he laughed in disbelief. Why? Keep reading. And he said in his heart, he said within himself. How many of you have ever talked within yourself? We all do it. And he said within his, in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? Now, in the natural, every one of us would hear in here say, That doesn't happen, okay? Hundred-year-old men, they don't, they don't have children. It's rough enough for them to go to bingo, but little yet to, to have children, okay? But understand this. The Word of God trumps the natural. The Word of God is very powerful. So we keep reading. Verse 19. Verse 18. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. So to understand this, Ishmael was a son of Abraham's, But Ishmael came from the maidservant named Hagar. So when God promises Abraham a son that would be born, Abraham jumps to the conclusion, well, he's got to be talking about Ishmael. Because 
Hundred-year-old men and ninety-year-old women don't have children. But look at God's response when, when Abraham said that in verse 19. Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. Now, right here, Abraham had God's word that Sarah would bear him a son and his name would be Isaac. And I want to read, read the last part of verse 19. I really want to highlight this. He says, I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And with his, Isaac's descendants after him. For Isaac to have descendants, you know what that tells me? Isaac's got to have some children. And this was a promise from Father God that this would take place. So, I paraphrase this just real fast. Sarah has a son. And they name him Isaac, just as God said. Now, fast forward with me to, to Genesis chapter 22. And as you're turning there, Everything outside of God's word said no way in that passage. There's no way it can happen. But in, in the book of Matthew chapter 19, 26, it says, With God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. So you know what that tells me? Don't put God in a box. Many times I've done that. I've said, well, this is the circumstances. This is the situation. This is how it's going to be. And again, we write God off. With God, all things are possible. So now we pick up Genesis 22, verse, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. What did God test Abraham with? The New Living says it this way, that, that God tested Abraham's faith. That Abraham's faith was having a test. And the faith was, will you believe... And will you trust me with what I've said to you? And when he said here that he, he was going to test his faith, he, he doesn't test our faith so that we fall. That's not God's idea. He tests our faith to see how we're growing, see how we're maturing. That's what God does. He wants to mature us in our faith, every one of us. So he says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering or a sacrifice on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. Now this is what God tells him. He says, I want you to offer your son up as a sacrifice. Verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning and he saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and he went to the place which God had told him. Now, this is one of the greatest acts of, of faith 
and obedience throughout the Bible right here. For him to go to this mountain called Moriah, it was a 50-mile journey. And if you note there, it said he rose early in the morning. So this shows me here that Abraham was prompt and Abraham was complete in how he obeyed. He didn't procrastinate. He didn't say, you know, Father God, I think I'm going to pray about that. See, understand this. When we get the word of God, you don't have to pray about the word of God, okay? When it comes to the word of God, I either obey it or I disobey it. When God says, you are to walk in love, you don't have to go, you know what, Lord, I think I'll pray about that. No, I just obey or I disobey it. And so when we look here again, his, his faith was complete and prompt. And I believe this right here, that his faith and his obedience was one of the things that separated him from other people. That he obeyed quickly. Verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And in this, in this passage here, Abraham told no one about his orders. But can you imagine being on this, this 50 mile journey and it was going to take him three days. And, and the closer he began to get to the hills of Moriah, the drama begins to build. It has to. To think, am I, am I going to actually obey what Father God said? Verse 5. And Abraham said to his young men who were with him, Stay here with the donkey. The lad Isaac and I will go yonder and we will worship. How was he going to worship? He was going to sacrifice his son. The Bible says that we are to bring the sacrifice of praise and worship. And he said, we will worship. I was telling the guys back there before the service that I'm, I'm reading on the word worship today. And one of the definitions of the word worship in the Greek, listen to this, this is so good. It literally means to kiss. To worship God is to kiss. Now, I sat there and I thought about that and I thought, and I don't mean this ugly, I thought, I enjoy kissing my wife. Actually, I really enjoy it. And it brings a joy. It's a sense of intimacy. It's a, it's a sense of love. And so when we worship God, it's as active, it's a joy. It's like we're kissing God. Ooh, I, and, and that's not in, a, in an ugly way or a, a downplaying it way. But it blessed me to read that. Maybe that's how we ought to worship to say, oh man. So he says, we will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. We will come back to you. I, I've got we underlined in my Bible. Why, why did I do that? He said, we will come back to you. 
Now again, God told him, you go and you put him on an altar and you sacrifice him and you, you give him to me. But yet here, he said, we will come back. Why did Abraham say we will come back? I believe this with all my heart, that he had God's spoken word. Remember back in, in Genesis 17, 19, he said his descendants, his offspring will be forever. And Abraham took God at his word. When God told him about Isaac, he said, I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know how it's going to look. But I do know this, that when God says this is how it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Incredible faith here. The more I read this, especially in Romans 4, you know what I begin to see? I believe with all my heart that Abraham had the belief that if I put that knife through Isaac... God will raise him from the dead. He said, we're going to come back. Now, go with me to the book of Hebrews. And this is how it keeps cross-reference. Hebrews chapter 11, as you're turning there. I believe he was fully persuaded that God would do what he said he would. I believe he trusted God. He stood and he acted on the word of God. Now, I think about that in my life right now. If, if God asked me to do that, would I have the faith to do that? Would I say, Lord, I'm fully persuaded that you'll do what you say. So again, I, I got to get in the word and I got to get around God where I understand God's character. That's why I read Psalm 119. His words forever settled in him. We can hold fast to it. And that's what Abraham did. Hebrews 11, verse number 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. God, it's pretty simple. Without, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if I really want to please God, you know what i got to do? i got to give faith. I've I, I got to have faith. How do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more that I hear the word of God, the more that I understand the character of the, of the word of God. I understand God's, uh, uh, his integrity, his heart, that God's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. But he said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe, must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So again, my faith comes back to a point where I say, I believe God's going to do everything he says he's going to do. Now, we jump into the same chapter, verse 17, and this is where all this picks back up. By faith, one translation says, it was by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, and remember what was tested was his faith, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. He received and he welcomed God's promises. Of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. In whom it was said, God told him. And it says there, concluding. The word concluding there, it means that he considered that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, which he also received him in a figurative sense. And so when I begin to look at this, he had an unwavering faith. 
And his unwavering faith, his fully persuasion, was based totally on what God had told him. God said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to do all those things. Now go with me to the book of Romans chapter 4. This is where it goes next. He concluded. He considered that God was able to do everything he said. Now, I, I want to start in verse 3, and then I'll jump to verse 16. But he says in verse 3, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted or credited to his account to him for righteousness. The New Living says it was accredited to him because of his faith. Because he actually trusted and believed God, God credited it to his righteousness. Now we pick up in verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise may be sure to all the seed. The Amplified says it this way, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith. And so he goes on and he says there that it, it was sure to all the seed. It was certain to all the seed, okay? Let's define what the seed is here, he said. Not only those who were of the law that were under Moses, but also those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So you know what he just told us? We have the same right to the promises of God that Abraham did. I just got to get to a place where I can believe him, I can trust him. He goes on to say, as it is written, as it is written, again, this is the basis of every one of us's faith, as it is written. Again, when you can find where it's written in the Bible, you don't have to pray about it, you just act on it. You believe it. Why? Because the, the Word of God is the will of God. You want to get in God's will, get in His Word. They go hand in hand. And he goes on to say, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. Who did he believe? He believed and he trusted God who gives life to the dead. And God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So God speaks of the non-existence things that he has foretold and promised. As if they already exist. God calls those things that be not as though they are. How does that look? Well, remember in Genesis 1 when God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be light. And before God spoke there was light, there was no light. And so God called light that didn't exist as though it did exist. And you know what he teaches me and you? That I can begin to speak the word of God into my life. Even though it may not exist with the natural eye. And I can call that thing that doesn't exist as though it did exist. Because God said it. It's important that I learn to do that. I start speaking the word of God over my life. And watch what God will do. Those things that don't exist. Now, I'm going to use myself for an illustration here real quick. There were, there were years of my life that I, I slept horrible. I'd walk in my sleep. I'd be all over the place. I, I, and and it, it wasn't normal. 
I mean, I'd get outside and I could go around the neighborhood and I could get it down second story uh, balconies. I mean, it was crazy what all happened. And, and I began to realize stuff wasn't right. And so you know what I did? I went to the Word of God. And I said, you know what? I want to know what God's Word says about sleep. And he said in Psalm 127 too. He said in Psalm 4 and 8, he said in Proverbs 3, 24, the essence of this right here, I give my beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. Well, who's his beloved? I'm his beloved. I'm a child of God. Not based on me. I'm based on Jesus being Lord of my life. And so right there, I found a promise in the word of God that God said, I give my beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. So guess what I started doing? I started calling sweet and peaceful sleep that didn't exist as though it did exist. How does that look? I said, I thank you, Father God, right now that you said, and I would bring up the word of God because my basis of faith is always on the written word of God. You find where it's written, you can tell the devil it's finished. I, I got the title date right here. The B-I-B-L-E says this, not S-T-O-R-M-Y. The B-I-B-L-E says this. And so I begin to stand on it. I begin to say, I'd lay hands on my pillow. I'd lay hands on me and I'd say, I thank you when you go to sleep tonight. You're going to have sweet and peaceful sleep. Did it happen immediately? No. It didn't happen immediately, not because there wasn't power in the word of God. It's because of my lack of faith. So I keep feeding on the word and I keep hearing it. And I'd say it and I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Woo, you give me your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. When I lay down, my sleep will be sweet and peaceful. See, again, God tells us exactly what he did. So again, I don't care who we are. You find the word of God. He delivered me from the power of alcohol that same way. Exactly the same way. I started saying out of my mouth, when I still was a drunk, alcohol has no dominion over me, according to Colossians 1.13. He's delivered me out of the power of darkness, the power of alcohol. And so at that point in my life, I was calling those things that be not as though they were. And, and it, it, was, it was years in the making before I totally got free. But I'm telling you, something began to happen in my heart. The word of God began to take root. Okay, keep reading. Oh my gosh, where'd my time go? It's telling you too many stories. Verse 18. Who contrary to hope, and the, the hope he's talking about is natural human hope or reasoning here. He said, who contrary to natural hope, in hope, he believed. So where did he believe? His hope in believing was in trust in God. His hope was, you know what? When God says this, I can believe it. I can stand on it. And he goes on to say, in hope he believed so that he became the father of many nations. How? According to what was spoken, all your descendants shall be. Again, guys, it was all according to what was spoken, his word. So everything always funneled back to the word of God. Every bit of it. And not being weak in faith. Do you know what this implies? There was a time in Abraham's life that he was weak in faith. But guess what ended up happening and kept happening? He began to mature and develop over the years. You know what this tells me? I don't care where you're at tonight. I mean, you keep getting in the Word and God will get into you. 
You keep speaking the word. You think about this. This is Joshua 1.8. God says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Speak the word. You meditate. You recite the word day and night that you may observe to do it. And that promise said, then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. Speak the word. Think the word. Meditate the word. Do the word. Act the word. Because the word of God won't return void. That's Isaiah 54. And he goes on to say this. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver or stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith giving glory to God. So literally right here. Authentic faith doesn't deny that the obstacles are at hand. Authentic faith just declares that God is greater than those things. Again, he didn't deny there was an obstacle. He didn't deny there was a mountain. But it's interesting there that he said he did not waver at the promise of God. He didn't stagger at it. I'm going to try to get to this last part here. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. So what begins to happen with us is we try to vacillate between our senses and our feelings. And we say, well, this is how I feel. This is what it looks like. And what ultimately begins to happen is the devil starts saying stuff like, well, suppose. Suppose this happens or suppose that happens. And all he does is try to get your focus off the word of God. He tries to throw a kink in everything. That's why I got to come to the place where I'm fully persuaded that God will say, He'll do exactly what He says He'll do. James 1, verse 6. But let Him ask in faith. Ask only in faith with no doubting, with no wavering, with no hesitation. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. The New Living says, For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea. Verse 7. For let not that man suppose, the man who doubts, that he will receive anything from the Lord. So again, you know what? He just I, I got to get to my place in my life where Abraham was. I want to be fully persuaded, Lord. Verse 8. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways, unreliable, uncertain, And the uncertainty comes because he's uncertain the way he feels. He's uncertain the way he thinks. He's uncertain because he his decisions. So he he wavers back and forth. I've been there. I've been there recently. Where I've said, Lord, you got to help me with my faith. Increase my faith. And so I go back to the word of God. And I keep loading back on the word of God. But here's an interesting part in this passage right here. James chapter 4 verse 2 says, You have not because you ask not. But James 1 6 says, But let him ask in faith. So again, for every one of us in this, it's one thing to ask, and it's another thing to ask in faith. Where I said, Lord, I, I believe I receive. I've got to get into the Word and I've got to start believing you that when I come before you, that you are a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek that. 
I want to ask in faith. I want to come before you with full assurance and full knowledge. And you say, is that possible? Well, the illustration of Abraham. Every bit of that shows me that this was a guy who kept growing in faith. Your faith will grow. It has the capacity to grow, but I've got to get in the Word. I've got to stay in the Word. I've got to be a student of the Word. So get, literally, this is what it is. I feed my faith and I starve my doubts. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So here's what begins to happen. What is the areas of your life that you're needing to move of God? See, every one of us in here have, have needs. None of us don't have needs. We all have something. And so what I do is I go to the Word of God and I find out. Well, what does God say about my sleep? He gives His beloved sweet and, sweet and peaceful sleep. What does God say about me being dominated by, by appetites that aren't good? He said, I've delivered you out of the power of darkness. So again, my homework is, as I go back into the Word of God, and I start finding out what God's Word says about it, and I, then I begin to apply that in my life, I begin to pray the Word of God. Just literally pray the Word of God. Father God, I ask you right now, that is your beloved, you give me sweet and peaceful sleep. And I thank you for doing that. What happens if it doesn't work the first night? Keep praying. Keep praying. I have people say, well, we tried that two nights in a row and nothing happened. Remember, we live in a microwave world. When we don't get things like that, we freak out. We... But again, something happens. Actually, Abraham's faith took ten years to manifest. Ten years. Some of you say, I ain't got ten years to wait. Yeah, you do. We just get a hold of the word and we stay with it and we stay with it and we stay with it. You keep speaking the word over your life. You keep speaking the word over your marriage. You keep speaking the word over your children. And you watch what God will do. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.